Aperture Priority, show number 15, Drone Photography. Welcome to the Aperture Priority Podcast, an Avila Studios production where it's all about photography and fun. Now open up that aperture and let some creative light in. Welcome to show 15 of Aperture Priority. Uh, Tony Avila here, and again today I have my good friend Joe Inkelbert. Hey, hello Tony. It's good to see you. It's show number 15. Who would have thought of it? Who would have thought of it? Yes. Uh, after 13, I thought, bad card and all that. <laughs> Maybe somebody's trying to tell me something, uh, but we're, we're starting off the the year right. I want to start off... I. Uh, I know our last show we talked about the social media thing and some of the negatives of what people say. I personally got to test the, uh, this last Saturday the uh, Nikon Z6, the the new mirrorless camera. That's that's not the top one. That's the next one down. Uh, and I I can't say it's it's a down step. I had really a good positive uh, uh, experience with it. Other than I can't get the raw images because my friend didn't have a card reader and also the up-to-date system. But the picture quality, uh, image, whatever you want to call it, uh, I was amazed. And that was uh, using uh, the kit lens, the sharpness. And I and I heard everybody poo-poo it. Oh, it's not the sharpest. Wow. I mean, it looked pretty darn good. And uh the viewfinder blew me away and, and I, sh- I shoot a Fuji mm-hmm. and I know it's an older Fuji, but the viewfinder, I thought I was looking through an optical viewfinder. That says a lot. Yeah. So my overall experience w- was, was a positive. Uh, I, I'm curious if my friend will let me test it some more. And, you know, I'm, and I'm curious because if this is the way things are going, I, that's, you know, I'm, can try to uh, test as many uh, mirrorless cameras of all makes, but sometimes hearing people like, Oh yeah, this, this, and that it's like, okay, uh, did you a use it? And, uh, you know, uh, actually touch the camera, feel the camera photograph with it before you go and say, you know, it's, you know, this is the next, yeah. next thing, the next big thing. So today we're going to be talking about drone photography, but before we get into that, I, I have a question I want to ask you about the uh, the Nikon Z6. Would you buy one? You know what? Yes, I I, I, I would, and it's kind of weird. I, I was on the fence because I, I do like the Fuji systems uh, and talking both their, their the, the GFX, which is their medium format, and their X systems, which is the crop sensor. I, I, I have not messed with the food. I, I did play with it, but I didn't get to photograph the, the medium format one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the feel of the Z6 felt great in the hand. And, and I've used the Sony before. And there is a kind of a difference between, you know, the Sony and the Nikon because Nikon's been designing cameras for quite, quite a long time. And, and, and I heard good things about the Canon. I, I enjoyed, it was, it was a good experience. And the, the menu, the, the operation, the command dials and everything are so familiar, familiar to you as a Nikon user. As a Nikon right. user. And, and again, for that price point, yeah, it's 24 megapixels, but, 
my friend sent me, Jimmy Allen, great guy. I'm going to give him a shout out. He, he emailed me a JPEG he took and he was, we were, he was kidding me because we had, a uh, we had, uh, issues with his, uh, Sony. We had specs that a lot of these dots and he goes, darn, I got specs. And then I, I zoomed in and it captured these birds flying over downtown Visalia. And I zoomed in and I was pretty amazed how detailed you could see the you could see silhouette yeah and i mean it was like well you know i i I think nikon did something good even though it's got the one card right oh yeah (laughs) big deal we only had one roll of film and back in the day remember but speaking of capturing birds the question of the week is this is a question that i got and that is uh What's the best telephoto lens for a beginning birder that's serious about taking photographs of birds? Birds are an amazing, fun, challenging, beautiful challenging. Uh, th- uh, part of nature to photograph. And I, I'm, I'm a big birder. And so uh, being a Nikon user, for me, that's a no-brainer. The best lens for a beginner is that uh, 200 to 500, 5.6 uh, with image or uh, vibration reduction. For around thirteen hundred and some change mm-hmm. now, it is an awesome lens for for a beginner, and even for a serious uh, for serious photography, it, oh, it is yeah. no slouch. And you and I had an experience that was uh, that brought that to light. So we're in Yosemite, we're we're walking along. Uh, the day started out cold and 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 misty and a little bit of, uh, of a cloud cover. I mean, solid cloud cover, but the clouds broke. We decided to stay the day. There weren't any crowds because the park was officially closed, mm-hmm. but it was open. And we were walking along. And there was this lady there standing there uh, looking up at the trees. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> she's looking at a bird because she just stood there for a minute as we approach. And then I heard the tap, tap, tap of a woodpecker. And I go, oh, it's a woodpecker, you know. And so I, I'm getting excited because, you know, I, I, I can photograph a woodpecker. And it turned out to be a pileated woodpecker. Which is a really nice bird, a big, big crow-sized woodpecker with a giant—I mean, a brilliant red head—and there was a pair of them, yes. both, both the male and the female there. So we got all excited, at least I did. And you and I set up our tripods, but we didn't have—I didn't have my long lens, so I ran back to the car. I mean, I literally ran back to the <laughs> car and got my two to five hundred, brought it back, and started taking some pictures, and I'm. I'm taking all these pictures and I'm all, you know, ha- happy and sassy. And I got, I got this pileated woodpecker and all these different poses. And I look over at you and I notice that you had like a, a 35, <laughs> a 35 millimeter <laughs> wide angle lens. I, I, whatever you were yeah. shooting, I said, Hey, you know, I need to share some love. Yes. So I said, Hey, Hey, Tony, you want to shoot this bird with the 500? And you said, yeah. So tell me about that. I, I was really impressed. And on and, and, and a note, we talked about the previous show, social media. Joe was doing the happy dance, and I didn't pull out my iPhone to record. That's just show how much of a uh, I'm, I am not in tune with the, with the social media. Yeah, and that would have been a, that would have been a hit. <laughs> uh, looking through that lens and using it, I I had heard so much about it, but but once you use it, I was blown away. I was like, wow, and when you look at the image and you think, well, it's 5.6, it's a concept. Get that out of your head. The bouquet looked 
beautiful. Mm -hmm. The image rendition, everything about that lens. I was like, wow. I mean, I got, I was, I was shocked at the detail and everything. I was so impressed. The thing as, as a long time Nikon user, that's in the back of my head. Okay. Nikon's charging 1300. When are they going to wake up? And they say, Oh no, no, that, that was a catalog mess. Yeah, we messed it's up on $2,300 right. for this lens. Yeah. I tell you, it is well worth it. If you're a Nikon shooter, uh, Canon side, I sorry. I know that Canon doesn't make anything uh, to that. Uh, Nothing like that. Like that. And even on the Sony side, I don't know what they have. Uh, other than going third party, right? Uh, well, there's a, a Tamron 150 to 600 for about 1300 bucks. Right. That, that would be uh, it comes with a Canon mount. I'd try that if you want to stay native with the Canon, the one to 400. Uh, they have a image stabilized lens, but man, that's about $2,100. So it's a little pricey for uh, exactly. compared to the Nikon. Yeah, and what I could tell you, the image quality of the Nikon, you're don't be fooled by the price or anything. Uh, it is, I was really, I was really amazed because uh, it, the odd thing to me was I hadn't used the autofocus lens in a while because I killed my 50 and 60 millimeter <laughs> workhorses. Oh yeah. And I was like, wow, this autofocus stuff is nice. It's, it's fast and it's snaps. It's fast, it's snapped. I, and I tell you, yeah. I, was, I was very impressed yeah. with the lens. And being a 5.6, don't let that fool you. Oh, you, you can't compress or blur that background out or blah, 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 whatever you think of. It was actually a really, really nice lens. It's well made. And for bird photography, it's, or, or it's ideal. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, to answer the question, uh, uh, Joellen asked this question. Yep. If you're a Nikon user, absolutely no brainer. Two to 500, go buy one today. Uh, and if you're not an icon user, um, that Tamron 150 to 600 would be the, probably the one I would look at for, mm -hmm. for Canon. And like always, I would say go to the camera store and, uh, try it before you order. Or you buy yeah. It. That's a good, that's a good thing. Uh, let's see. Other than talking about the Nikon Z6, that's the only thing I tried new. Well, uh, let's jump into today's show. All right. Uh, which is drone photography. And uh, I, I'm going to say off the bat, I know four people that own, I think it's the DJI Mavic, yeah, the DJI Mavic 2. Uh, DJI seems to be the uh, the head honcho right now in the drone uh, manufacturing. And, right, know, that Chinese company. Uh, I believe it? so. I believe so. I believe they're also, if I'm not mistaken, they also bought a part into Hasselblad. And they they come with Hasselblad cameras, right? I'm, right, right. The the camera system on the DJI Maverick Two is a twenty megapixel Hasselblad camera lens combination. Right. And what I've seen, it is, uh, it it boy. I mean, I'm pretty impressed. And I've seen video. I've seen stills from them. So I'm right. really impressed. Uh, I have another friend. He has the Go. It's a GoPro. I, I don't have the model number. Uh, it's uh, it's a bit modular because it lets you change your GoPro on it. It has the gimbal. Then you mm. could change out whatever whatever. I, I guess the Hero Seven or something is the current one. I kind of lost the 
track of GoPro because it seems like GoPro had a had such a great run, and then they kind of I think they saturated the market. Yeah, the uh, the newness has worn off. Has worn off. Yeah. yeah. So then DJI has come out with this system, and and they're great. If you ever seen one, you just put your iPhone or Android on the controller, mm-hmm. and you could control it. And, you know, and it's cool. You could see what you're doing. You just have to get used to your viewing it uh, as through the screen, especially if your drone's coming back at you on um, which way you turned. Uh, I, I'm not going to say who did it, <laughs> but a certain person that I know had a little incident in downtown Visalia. I won't say where. I don't want to get him in trouble. But yeah, uh, drone bouncing off a water tank uh, is uh, not not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's an occupational hazard. But uh, so th- these drones are range about thirteen to fifteen hundred dollars. Um, and the Chinese uh, is it DJI? DJI? D- DJI? Yeah. Yeah, and, and like the, the Phantom Four and the Maverick are are really popular and. Wonderfully capable pieces of equipment, but uh, the, the, one of the drawbacks, and I, this is not a drawback, but one of the one of the things you need to know about it is that they're really designed as video cameras, mm-hmm. and it seems like they throw in the still photography as an afterthought. Not, a, it's not bad. It's just it's not the the primary focus of the camera. Pardon the pun, but uh, so they have uh, they have fixed apertures. <clears throat> And I, I'm not aware of the cutting edge that that's obviously going to change with uh, computational uh, abilities to change the aperture digitally on these cameras. Uh, so there's a lot of potential there. In fact, you had some very interesting statistics about the drone industry that I thought, as you were mentioning to me, I was really, really interested in hearing more about that. Yeah. So part of my research, I, I went and looked and, and some of this information, it, it kind of it surprised me, and and it didn't surprise me. And uh, I I think I, I made a comment earlier before we were prepping for the show how uh, I'm wondering if the drone industry is, is going to be like the GoPro, where it's like yeah, it's sort a of fad. It gets saturated, right. and then it loses its. Gloss. So let, let me let me ask our audience a question: How many drones do you think are flying in the U.S.? In, in the year just over 2018. I mean, in your mind, how many? How many drones do you think are out there? So, okay. th- all right. Well, I found this uh, great uh, article, uh, DMR. Uh, I don't know who they are, but uh, they came up with some interesting uh, drone statistics. But they came, one thing that came up that I was, uh, they talked about the incident in uh, in London. Was it London Airport? Yeah, was it uh, Gatwick? That they actually shut the whole airport down because there were two drones flying. And it seemed to be deliberately in the flight path of landing aircraft. Yeah, and before that, that 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 was in late December, right? And before that, down in I think I can't remember what part of Mexico, uh, a commercial airliner hit one in midair and had to do an emergency landing. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised by the damage that that was that, created. So that right. was kind of scary. And I'm thinking far ahead, what's going to happen in the future? More restrictions or what's going to happen to this thing as, as photographers keep pushing? It just takes one bad apple 
to ruin it for everyone. And we see that with uh, the phenomenon of the social media. We talked about that last week where a, a, a particular place like Firefall in Yosemite used to be a local phenomenon. Now it's worldwide. Tens of thousands of people trample the environment. And, right. and now they're issuing permits for parking. And right. So it, it's ruined by the success of exposure, much like right. drones might be. And I'm wondering what's, how, how many people are going to try sneaking a drone this uh, year. Well, oh, well good luck. you and I have a story yeah, about that. Yeah. But I came up with projected number of drones in the U.S. by 2020. Now, this was uh, as of 2016. Uh, a lot of the numbers I have are from the last three years. Uh, and it's probably going to go up, but they project 7 million by 2020. By 2020, uh, drones just in the United States. Seven million. Percentage of drone crashes that are caused, and this was interesting, they're caused by technical errors. This is not the uh, the pilot or the user. Uh, okay. okay. 64% of crashes are caused by technical, like the propeller flying off. Yeah. And and this starts, now here's, here's the thing, you know, if a drone's flying over your head, technical difficulties, <laughs> and yeah. and you go out, okay, it it bounced off your uh, house, did some damage, and then the pilot says, "Well, uh, I'm going to sue DJI or whoever." Right? I was exactly. like, "Wait a second, you know?" But <laughs> this is technical. Uh, uh, that was kind of super. Number of drones, and here's was the interest. Some of these things are kind of. Different facts are out there, but this is the number of drones used by Disney for their two, 2016 Disney Springs Christmas light show. They had 300 drones in the air. And think about uh, that. That's, that's a, a lot of drones, a lot of coordination. I speculate that they had to have those things connected with uh, computers to, to, to guide them and keep them evenly spaced. Much like a choreo, they had to have them choreographed with uh, digital control. Somehow had to. Have. They had to because it was like I'm wondering if some of them were used for maybe security reasons too. I, I'm wondering because 300. I mean, even the little ones. How how did they not hit each other? Right. I mean, that I, I just fathomed me. Hmm. Then projected number of small hobbyists. Okay, so so these are not the 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 big dogs. These are probably the eighty ninety dollar ones I've seen at Costco. Of hobbyist drones in use by twenty twenty one is three point five million, and I'm wondering. And this was projected as as the end of twenty seventeen. I'm wondering if, again as this trend goes up, if that's going to be maybe too. Uh, conservative an estimate so we're talking 10 million plus drones in the air or in the united states alone alone all right and then percentage of americans that own a drone as of the end of 2017 was eight percent so i'm curious to see by the end of 2018 if how, how much that went up but i couldn't find that information uh, that's brand new stuff yeah. yeah percentage of americans that have seen a drone in action 59 percent of americans have seen a drone in action and that, i was like wow that's that's a lot of people that's a lot of people and you and i being photographers and being in locations that other photographers are in we've seen a lot of drones in the year in the last two years but for everybody 60 per, well, six out of Almost, 10 yeah. i've seen i've seen a drone yeah 
interesting because you know it makes me wonder about privacy now. I mean, pri- yes. privacy, and is, that's one of that's one of the complaints about drones is the privacy, privacy. issue. Privacy's gone. Yeah, I hate to say what. What if you have your a wife, girlfriend, or daughter that likes sunbathing and they like taking their top to get that nice tan? Forget that. Forget that. I mean, somebody could have this. The, I've seen uh, the smaller ones with cameras can fit in my hand. Mm. And that so and your hands are not that big. Yeah. And oh, is that Don, Donald Trump? <laughs> uh, if if you look at uh let's say uh brings up the question where does uh your property line stop? Is <laughs> right. is, is the airspace not part of it? That's that's an ex- interesting conversation if right. somebody were to sneak over uh, a, a drone to spy on you. You know, yeah. Where is is that going to be a new conversation? Like, well, you buy your house and you own the property and you only own so much airspace. If you want to buy more, you know, yeah, the sky's the limit. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Total number of drones registered for commercial use twenty thousand. That was by the uh, uh, mid twenty sixteen. Uh, I'm wondering how much that went up. Mm-hmm. Uh, percentage of Americans that are interested in, in uh, purchasing a drone at the end of 2017, or the beginning, I'm sorry, it was 47% are interested. Half of Americans, roughly, are interested in buying a drone? And I'm thinking, again, is this this the GoPro uh, type of thing, where it's the new shiny? That so uh, bell curve is uh, very sharp, very pointed, up and then back down. Largest concerns about drones delivering among uh, U.S. Uh, internet users is theft concerns, damages, packages. That's almost 75% are concerned about those two. And I could see that. Uh, my brother-in-law found a drone in his front yard. Hmm. And I'm wondering now, could have been somebody got away with it, but. Could somebody spy on you too? Sure. Make sure, hey, did did he get a package from Amazon? You know, so that's kind of a. So Amazon is going to be using drones, right? To yeah, deliver your they're, package. They're, they're really pushing that idea. So there's a, a, just as a little bit of a tangent here, there's a, a new concept that's brewing and, and actually putting me putting in place because of this one drone delivery. And that is there are, there's a company and an, an effort to, map the world's surface into three meter squares and give each three meter square a unique address. So when you order something from Amazon or your favorite um, company, they can deliver it by drone to any any 20 or 30 square foot area on your property, your backyard, you know, and, and, and that's That's the concept. So that, that, that's what we're getting to. You're going to have another address, Tony. It's going to be in the backyard. It's going to be, it could be anywhere. I mean, anywhere you, you designate your, your three, well, they designate the the three square meters, but it could be, uh, that's the landing zone for that package. Interesting. Yeah. Now here's one. It falls in the show. The top industry using drones in the United States is photography. Right. Not, Not surprised. Second largest industry using Jones, I'd, and this is not a surprise, is real estate. No, sure. They show the homes. From yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. They're they're flying their drones inside now. Yeah. Taking pictures. To you see know, the room. Virtual tours. Right. Yeah. And, right. And that makes sense. Estimated number of drones shipped in 2015, that, that was 700,000 drones. That was in 2017. I'm curious. 
I couldn't find the data for, uh, especially we just came uh, off the Christmas holiday. Mm-hmm. I bet you uh, that went up considerably. Estimated value of the drone industry as of the end of 2015 was $3.3 billion. Mm. And this, I'm starting to think, is it only a matter of time before Canon, Nikon, Sony may look at this and saying, hey, uh, we we should be getting the piece of this pie. Right. Because uh, projected uh, size of the drone industry by 2020, and this, I want, this, this has to be worldwide, is $13 billion. And the projected value of the drone industry by 2015, $90 billion. Was that 2015 or 2025? 20, yeah, as of uh, 2025, okay. it's going to be, they did the, the, they projected this in 2015. So I'm wondering now if the projections, they changed that. Mm. So, well, absolutely. The drone industry is booming and growing by leaps and bounds. Which that proliferation of drones is both a wonderful thing and uh, not so wonderful thing. And you and I had some experiences that. Yeah, we're going to uh, get to those. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really, it's, uh, it's, it, is it going to be the new norm, you know? Yeah. So if you're interested in getting into the drone world, there's a couple things you should know about besides uh, getting, getting the right kind of drone. I'm sorry, are you finished with your. Oh, okay. One more, right? Number of incidents between drones and manned aircraft in the United States as resulted by aircraft that had to maneuver to avoid collision as of the end of 2015 where 28 planes had to dodge drones. In 2015. And one of them, I uh, wonder if one of them is the one, the fire we had above Springville where the, the tanker was coming down where he had to avert because there was a drone in the way. So what? What we had a forest fire mm-hmm. and we had some photographer somebody up there taking video of the forest fire and there was a a uh, aircraft tanker that was going to drop water or fire retardant on the fire and they had to abort their run because there was a drone in the way and i want to leave off this estimated number of commercial drones that and david this was projected that was going to be in the air of 20 by the end of 2018 i'm curious to find data how much it really was six hundred thousand for commercial use drones were going to be estimated in the air by the end of 2018 and these are licensed you mean because there's more than that out there mm-hmm. okay so licensing so that's that's interesting you, you think six hundred thousand i guess numbers are like, well oh, that's not well if you start dividing among states yeah there's a lot of people that are buying they're getting licensed you know, right to to use this as in commercial. This is commercial drones are being licensed. So that's yeah, and and so and so Disney's three hundred would be part of That'd that. Be part of right, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's what that's just the that land area right, right. there. Yeah, exactly. So that that's some kind of in, interesting stuff. Uh, I, I the way I look at it, it's gonna it's. And I hate to, to say this, but th- there's going to come a day where a commercial liner is going to have a midair collision. And I hate to say that everybody's going to probably lose their life because of this accident. I uh, pray that doesn't yeah, happen. I, pr- I hope it doesn't. But I look at it. You're going to have a photographer that's going to 
or video that's going to take it to the limit. And we could speak as this because about what, two weeks, two, three weeks ago when we went our trip up to Yosemite, right? Right. As the sun's coming up, a guy pulls out a drones and he, and he flew it up to Zabridal Falls. Yeah. So we were uh, uh, probably a mile, uh, three quarters of a mile away from the famous waterfall, Bridal Vale. We were across the river. Nice view, beautiful view. It's called Valley View, by the way, for, those of you that know the area and we were there and we're taking our photos and we're taking our time lapse photography. And it's a, it's a very not crowded. The park is closed and he pulls out the drone and he starts flying it. And he flew across the Valley to the waterfall completely out of sight. We could not see the drone. Right. And he was going up in the, the waterfall and it was beautiful, beautiful footage but completely against the rules. Right, because he, he, he broke, we, we figured out three rules. A, he pulled it out. <laughs> right. And it went out of his sight. Right. And he was well above the 400 feet. Right. There's a, in the U.S., there's some restrictions on drone, drone use, and, and you must always fly below 400 feet. And he obviously was well above 400 feet. You must keep your, your drone in direct line of sight. Unless you had binoculars, you couldn't see that yeah. thing. Uh, there you're not supposed to fly the uh, drone around airports or within five miles of five an airport. Miles, so you yeah. and I were we're sitting right now. We cannot fly a drone. That's right because the airport the is a, right there, a mile yeah. and a half, two miles from us. You're not supposed to fly it in stadiums where there's groups of people and that kind of thing. But also, there are a lot of prohibited areas in the United States, all national parks, and we were in a national, national park. park. And so he had three strikes. But he could get away with it because there was no park rangers because of the, the temporary show, government the shutdown. Yeah. But that's not the end of the story. No. Sunset. That was sunrise. We're up was, at tunnel. Yeah, now yeah. we're up on the other iconic view in Valley View, the tunnel view. And, and voila, another one, another guy put his drone up in here. And, and there had been how many people? The 20 or 30 people at the time? At the time. And yeah. everybody's oohing and on. And me and you look at each other like, here we go again. Another guy that puts up a drone, you know? Yeah, and, you know. and you're not supposed to put one up there. So I, I don't know if this is a real term, but I felt like I was being drone bombed. You know, yeah. instead of photo bombed, I was being drone, drone bombed. bombed. Because this guy put that drone in the air, in my view of mm -hmm. where the picture I was trying to take. The landscape that happened in Seattle. There's a, a local park on the north side there called the, the Gas Works. It's an old gas plant, rusty and all photogenic. And so I was there to take pictures of this in the sunset. And there's a guy with a drone going up and down and around. And I could not take a picture of that uh, old abandoned gas plant without his drone in there. Couldn't find the operator. Right. That's the thing. Well, and, and here's the other thing. Uh, because you can't see them. I I worry the day that, uh, I, because now that you let me use that 200 to 500 I, and I'm licking my chops, <laughs> I get that lens. I go to some area and maybe I'm, I'm out You're about to shoot around. a pileated woodpecker. Right. Or, or <laughs> I, I, I see a great, uh, there's a bald eagle on a branch just posing for me. Right. The shot of the lifetime. Right. And I put slowly, I was like, put your camera on and you're getting your focus. And then here comes a the little drone. Zzz, and off goes the bird, you know. And, you know, you're, 
I, I think you're going to have a lot of frustration, especially people like me. When, when you go to a national park, I, I don't want to see flying things uh, other than if it's not nature, because I, it's, it's a matter of time. Because I said my brother-in-law found, found one in his front yard that you're out hiking out in the back country. And hey, what's that? Oh, that's a drone. Somebody lost their drone. Mm-hmm. Well, use it responsibly. Uh, there are. You know, the, the restricted airspace, they do have a way to inform the operator that you can't fly this thing Yes, in this restricted airspace, and you have to accept responsibility if you override that that function. But drones are, are a, a useful tool, and, uh, yes. and I, I I think they're pretty cool. On the, on the positive side, I have a client. He's been bugging me, uh, and I can't find anybody I know who has the drone and wants to do the job. He has a simple job. He needs a, uh, an old barn photographed from uh, front, you know, from all four sides. Is he does a lot of a watercolor painting, and it's in an area now that it's uh, unfortunately uh, pretty soon it's going to be surrounded by houses mm. so he wants to get a shot to do a, Bef- a historical before, painting before it goes and because it's on private property he, he just needs somebody to go in there and just because it's it's all closed off but you know they're going to start putting in the roads and then eventually they're probably going to tear down this old barn mm-hmm. and he just needs it uh photographed and i and again i the real estate and things you're, you're going to see industry that that is going to be, uh, uh, you need to have uh, a photographer. Guess what? You know, you, you have to, this is going to be another repertoire that you, that you want to add. A tool in your toolkit. And guess what? Backpacks. When I was looking at backpacks, I, I did finally, I did get the, that backpack from our backpack show. So I did follow my own advice and I bought <laughs> it. But I was surprised to see what was the difference between some of the you know, some say, oh, you could put an iPad or you could put a 15-inch uh, MacBook Pro or yeah. laptop and right. blah, blah, blah. And then drone. Right. This one will house the drone with the rest of your gear. You know, and it's, I was like, whoa, that's that's become the new norm. So if you want to get into the drone business, there's a couple tips that, that uh, we, we'd we like to pass along is that, first of all, you got to realize that uh, – because these are mostly designed for video, you're going to get a, a lower megapixel in the 12 to 16 range right now. It's going to go up, but that's that's where it is now. Your dynamic range is going to be a little bit limited. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not going to perform well in low light, but you're you know you're, you're not allowed to fly the thing a half hour before sunset, sunset. and a half hour after. So you got to you know you have to stay away from the low light situations anyway. So so you're going to have a wide angle lens which that was if you think about it oh yeah that was, was strike fourth strike four oh yeah that because guy, that was the sun was setting <laughs> that's right he was and, and the guy at sunrise i mean he was a half hour that's before. true yeah <laughs> we should have if we had a citation book we could have made a lot of money right yeah. there so you're gonna have a wide angle lens which is fine uh most of the models i've looked at have fixed apertures which you know is designed for video but so when you get started, you might want to consider shooting in automatic mode until you figure everything out. Right. Uh, bracket your photos. Also consider getting a, a neutral density filter so that you can actually change your shutter speed and that uh, the amount of light hitting it. So you can, in a way, you're kind of circumventing the fixed aperture. You can you can get a different effect. 
Uh, and I've heard this over and over again, get multiple batteries because they only last 20 to 30 minutes. And you want to be, if you want to fly those drones any more than that, you definitely got to have a couple, two or three and keep it low. Now, yeah. not, not because it's the regulation, but you know, one of the rules about landscape is you want some foreground contextual composition there in your, in your landscapes. And if you're shooting high, I mean, if you go up a thousand feet or 2000 feet, you're just duplicating what Google earth does. Right. So keep it low, keep it like a hundred feet or 30 feet, something in there so that you have some context for your landscape photography. Yeah, that's good advice. Uh, I will say, uh, peeking over, uh, friends, shoulders and watching them, uh, operate the drone mm -hmm. and how you can, uh, use your smartphone to control it. I think it's only a matter of time where, where, you, where you're going to have, that feature changing the aperture. I think uh, yeah. I, that's, it's like everything, the industry's being driven right now and right. it's going to keep going, especially as, as if the main uh, thing, like I said, that statistic that, uh, that drones are being purchased in the United States are for photography. There's only a matter of time. They're going to give you more uh, camera options. Undoubtedly. And what's cool. The touch screen of your phone will control the drone. Another nice feature, I, I know this is on the DJI Mavic 2, and I'm pretty sure it has it on the other ones. When you get uh, close to six feet and your, and your drone close, you, you don't have to worry about trying to land it yourself. It, it warns you, and then you just click OK, and it lands by itself perfectly. And they have the features that, you know, auto return home. Uh, some of the higher end ones have a follow me, so you can be driving or walking or horseback and they'll follow you um, riding a motorcycle. They'll follow you. And so they, those are at some, or you can use GPS to, to guide them and navigate them. So that there's some really interesting features, which uh, that's, it's interesting. You mentioned, you mentioned G, uh, the GPS. Uh, it had to be preset because uh, when my, when I was out with my friend, I won't mention who it is now because he was probably breaking the law. Uh, <laughs> he owes me a coffee or more. Uh, <laughs> with 5G around the corner, mm -hmm. and now we're, it's almost going to be like basically having a satellite system. Uh, now when you're out and about, you you'll be totally connected all the time in theory I, in theory i would think that. there's probably a few areas that will be right hard right. to right yeah well the capital washington <laughs> sees like oh you can't go there yeah so i'm curious what's gonna happen you know uh and also are they gonna have uh dibs on you like they're gonna know, no, Joe, that was you in Yosemite because we we have it by your identification. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's gonna like be this, like the unknown pilot of the drone that we were talking about. I, yeah. I I remarked to you, I said, "Well, this is great footage, but who's gonna show it to?" Because yeah, you'll know that it was acquired illegally, especially if it, we just had the social media <laughs> talk. <laughs> exactly, he posted on uh, Facebook. Well, guess what? You just admit it, you're guilty. And there was a couple of people in Yellowstone that were trespassing on the geysers and they were posted on Facebook and the National Park Service tracked them down and charged them because of their Facebook post. 
Now, speaking of that, that that, that comes up with an idea uh, that popped into my head. What's going to happen to uh, some of the wildlife refuge places where they're going to say, you're, you're messing with the wildlife? Are they going to put even more restrictions on there? Because they're going to say, well, you're, you're, uh, you're interfering with the local sure. uh, wildlife. And I think that's one of the reasons that was behind the prohibition of flying drones in all national parks is to give the wildlife uh, a little bit of undisturbed uh, time. And I think that would probably be extended. In fact, we, you and I and others have been to wildlife refugees that have no drone, you know, and I can respect that. Mm-hmm. I can respect the fact that we need to be responsible with this new tool. Yeah. Even uh, I was surprised a couple of years back, I hadn't gone to that area just south of Pismo and it's a bird refuge. Mm-hmm. So you could get to the beach, but there's, uh, as you're getting to the dunes part for big chunk, it's, it's fenced off and they tell you right away, uh, do not go over this point. Right. Well, what's to stop a drone? Uh, other than just the regulations. And right. that's the part where we plead to be responsible right. and, and, Forget about the shot of a lifetime if it involves uh, hurting the animal that you're shooting. And the one thing I would tell any drone users out there is use your head. Uh, I'm I'm afraid what's going to happen. Somebody's going to do something stupid. Well, I've already seen people do something stupid with the drones, but uh, I'm afraid it's going to be a backlash against all photographers. So when you go up and you're, carrying a tripod it's like they're gonna lop you all and yeah you're you guys are you're all evil yeah Yeah. and i'm afraid it's like don't push it because we don't need more of these rules and in the park it's like i i'm taking my tripod out i want to enjoy the day so don't mess it up for everybody else right Mm. well the credo is photographer's credo is you know leave nothing but footprints take nothing but photographs and kill nothing but time all right and let's let's live up to that exactly okay well that's a that's a good subject on drones since it's again i'm seeing more and more it's it's becoming a thing i personally am not interested and i have enough toys to master, yeah, and and it's like I was talking to my good friend Tony DeCaro, who's another instructor with me at COS, and uh, we're talking about it's like okay, I have to know Photoshop, I have to know Adobe Illustrator, I have to know Adobe InDesign. I I'm I'm using Logic Pro from Apple to do the audio. I've I've got I use Final Cut Pro. And after a while, it's like, how much more stuff can I fit in my head? And and for drone, it's like I don't I don't want to be that one guy that screws it up for somebody else. I see, yeah. So I have enough on my plate. I I, I just want to enjoy my camera and, and go out. And sorry if I'm hating on some of you drone guys. I I do I, I do not want to hear your drone buzzing around me. I just want to get away from it. Again, we're here in California, such a big place. There's areas that we just want to go away to get away from technology. From the other 38 and a half million of us. Okay, great conversation on drones. So, Joe, where can we find you? Uh, Facebook, you can find me at Bright Angel Images uh, or on Instagram, Bright Angel underscore Images 
And then my email is brightangelimages at gmail.com. And I have a website, brightangelimages.com. Oh, great. And everybody can find me uh, here on avalisstudios.com, uh, Tony Avalis 64 on uh, Instagram, uh, the Apple, Apple, the, because Apple used to make a program called Aperture, but on the Aperture Priority uh, page on uh, uh, podcast page on Facebook, and uh, where else? I guess that's it. It's been a while. I, I, I forget where I'm at everywhere. It's like <laughs> we're trying to remember passwords. So where are you? Where yeah. are you? Right. It's like when uh, I, at COS, they, at the college, they, they've simplified it. Now we have one master uh, uh, password. Oh, good. I used to have, I, I think, almost five different passwords I had to remember. And mm. that's a nightmare. Yeah. So... Just I wanted to leave off to remember to open up that aperture and let some creative light in. Thank you. Aperture Priority is an Avila Studios production. For more information on what Avila Studios has to offer, please visit us on the World Wide Web at avilastudios.com.